Hey, wow. Well, we got a great intro. I tell you what, this is rumor and innuendo. It is Thursday, so it is post rumor innuendo after dynamite. And I am here today with WE underscore creative ish on X, Mr. Robert Carpolis, former WE writer. Robert, happy Thursday, my brother. I am WWE Creative underscore ISH. I had one co-host who couldn't say my name properly, and now I got another one who can't say the Twitter handle correctly. He's all man. It's all good, guys. We are here. The chat room is already open. We got Matt Buswell. Finally, my schedule lets me watch live. Greetings from the UK. Shout out to you there, Matt. Also, we got Joseph Wade Walters. Morning, my dudes. Uh, and Antonio Santos saying a perfect way to start my workday afternoon, gentlemen. Let's hope Robert doesn't have Scott Chaplin internet again. Apparently yesterday in the pre-recorded episode of something of rumor and innuendo. I don't even know what show we're doing here at this moment, guys. I'm recording so many of these damn things. Uh, <laughs> my, my, I guess audio was a little laggy. Uh, we have, we fixed that we're live. We're in crystal clear HD audio video wherever you're watching this show we thank you for joining us and dom the hell we got going on today man we got a lot we have a lot hey john cena started an only fans we got the aspect of um what it, we gotta obviously go over aew dynamite uh there's uh geez so much more that that's, oh my gosh i gotta pull up the whole list it's so much stuff how about i steer with this here yeah, we've got okay, john cena starts in only fans aew finally hires a writer warlow finally cuts a promo and guys i've seen the press releases you've all sent it to me big news about billy and the cw it's finally happening, folks. Strap in later on in the show. But, Tom, where are we starting with today? We got to start it off. Uh, you stepped it up, and guess who else stepped it up? Is Sting on AEW Dynamite. Um, we had a lot of criticism the past uh, over the course of this past week about how the AEW storyline was laying out with Sting and his uh, send-off coming up uh, for AEW Revolution. But we had a pretty compelling uh, video with Sting and Darby Allen uh, this week that kind of, I want to get your opinions, obviously. Did it hit the reset button? Did it charge it back up? Sting was with Darby Allen, mentioned his family, mentioned what we were talking about, how keep it simple. That's what to focus on when it comes to that. Robert, what were your thoughts on the execution of all that and Sting's performance? So they finally found the right way to, to maneuver into the story. Number one, it's not giving Darby Allen a live microphone. Because you don't want him starting to talk about how great Cody Rhodes is again on AEW programming. Uh, number two, they found a way to get around the fact that they do not have any sting footage that they can show for out, throughout his career. It's very tough to get prepared for Sting's last match when you can't see any of the highlights of any previous Sting match. So when they held up the photo of Sting with his kids when they were little with the face paint on, and then Sting comes out there and says, no one in my career has laid their hands on my family. On top of which, my father just passed away, who was my hero. You're like, oh, he's going to murder the Young Bucks. And that gave you all the momentum and ammunition you need, Dom, to be excited about this match next weekend. Yeah, I mean, it kind of dispelled. They didn't mention anything about EVPs. They didn't mention anything about like them like goofing around or like making inside references or anything like that. It was straightforward. It was what you wanted to hear from Sting. And like just um, it felt like a new version of Sting almost. This uh, like somebody that's aware of his own mortality, knowing it's coming to an end his whole career. And it just 
it hit the reset button, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, you mentioned it too, Darby, not being in front of a live audience. What did you think of his delivery and starting off? Did he rebound from last week uh, and, and what he kind of performed there? Yeah, I thought Darby did a nice job uh, laying out his uh, his side of this story here. He teed everything up for Sting. It was ominous. He had the face paint. It was shot really well. I think it was compelling. It was exciting. And I'm thinking, boy, there's no way that they could have possibly muddied the water by doing something incredibly stupid on this show to make me immediately stop caring about the Sting-Darby-Young Bucks match. Right, Dom? They didn't do anything. Anything. Well, hey. So what kind of happened here is they had a little backstage segment with Ric Flair walking uh, down the hallway. Uh, Renee Paquette caught up with them, and uh, Ric Flair was not too pleased. He uh, said that he uh, has been off of weeks of television, wanted to be along for this ride with Sting. Nothing personal against the man or the icon, but hey, he feels a little disrespected, and he's going to kind of search his options. And it wasn't long for us to wait as he walked down the hallway, knocked on a door, and there were the young bucks and uh, Flair uh, walked in and they had some business to talk. Robert, uh, this uh, this added another element, did it not? <laughs> yes, it added another element and not a good element, guys. Uh, there's like a hat on a hat and then this is a hat on a hat on a hat. I thought when Flair first got out of the limo, he didn't realize they were recording and he was just shooting on, you know, they told me they're bringing me in here for this and then they don't even use me and I'm just sitting at home doing nothing. And I'm just like, what's what's going on here? He's showing up in the Young Bucks locker room. What it feels like to me, and this is where I'm a little nervous, a little trepidatious here. You're going to use Flair next week to cut one last heel promo on Sting. You get one last bite of the apple. You want to give Flair one last opportunity to cut a heel promo on Sting to set up the swerve, bro, that... Flair is going to help Sting and Darby retain the tag titles against the Young Bucks at the pay-per-view. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to wind up happening here. Um, Rick, like subdued Rick, bitter Rick, and then like his Twitter persona all melded together into this one segment. Does it make you more excited for the match now when you know you already have this Sting promo in the can? I got it got me a little more interested because I think the aspect of it was just so much EVP, so much, you know, tongue in cheek kind of wrestling in suits, kind of like no really compelling reason. And now you have Flair, a longtime rival of Sting, potentially on the Young Bucks side. It kind of does make that re reignites that kind of rivalry in a little ways that I think can at least kind of overshadow what was focused on in the past few weeks. So I think that kind of adds a compelling element to it. I kind of, if I'm understanding where you were kind of going to, I would not want to see them do like a swerve thing when it comes to flair. I mean, if you're going to have him do this, make him be the foil, I think ultimately and have him, have him also show ass that when the young bucks show ass too, I think uh, would be a good payoff to have it send off. Maybe, but I, again, I think what you, what you need here is you're going to, you want like Tony is a wrestling fan. First and foremost, he wants on his program, at least one heel flare promo against sting. He yeah. wants that old school NWA flare with Shivani talking uh, bad about Sting only for Flair to help Sting in the end, that they hug 
because Nash has already, Kevin Nash has already said he cannot attend the event. WWE relationships, he doesn't want to muddy the waters there. Um, I don't know who else has been invited and is going to be a part of it. Also, it allows the Bucks the week after to be EVPs and ban Flair from TV, remove Woo Energy as the official sponsor, like let them show that EVP side of themselves. It'll be interesting. What was pretty interesting, too, is when Flair showed up, he interrupted uh, Angelo Parker and Ruby Soho were getting ready to go out on it on uh, their first date, Dom. Mm. And if it was going to be a successful date, mm. I really hope in Angelo Parker's pocket, in addition to his comb, he had some blue chew. Because, Dom, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, like Orange Cassidy, who was cleared to wrestle on Dynamite, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. Tony Khan will be happy to not to make eye contact with somebody. And no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew wants to help you. Yes, you. Have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners, our viewers, our rumor and innuendoins. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code rumor at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code rumor to receive your first month free. Visit Blue Chew for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode of Rumor and Innuendo. Be the best in the world in the bedroom. And uh, Wardlow happened to mention the best in the world in his promo on AAW Dynamite this week. Uh, pretty uh, interesting stuff, though. Wardlow pulled no punches, was fired up, and indirectly mentioned another new WWE star in CM Punk. Uh, by saying uh, that he is the best in the world, uh, or the best that he beat the best in the world champion, beat the real AEW champion, clearly made, and, and he's still recovering from injuries that he sustained for him. A uh, little different than how Darby indirectly referenced Cody, but uh, Robert, what did you think of that aspect of the promo, and then Wardlow's promo overall? This is the Wardlow we've been waiting to see show up probably since he debuted. He has the look of a main event talent. He wrestles in the ring the way that somebody under the Vince McMahon era would have made millions and millions of dollars. He has just been the victim of a lot of really goofy, really odd creative. Mm -hmm. He was MJF's lackey. It seemed like you were doing the Sean Diesel thing. It never really paid off because Max taking the time away and Wardlow getting muddied in the situation with Samoa Joe. Uh, then you had Wardlow just go away for a while. He comes back. He has Arn Anderson. Then he doesn't have Arn Anderson anymore. Then he's squashing nobodies. Now he's part of the kingdom. This felt like he was distancing himself from everyone, from everything. And it felt like the right kind of quasi-shoot promo 
because AEW is all about wins and losses. They're all about your resume. So when you go out there and say, you put me against CM Punk, I beat CM Punk. You put me against MJF, I beat MJF. You put me against Samoa Joe, I beat Samoa Joe. Why the hell am I not the number one contender for the world title? It was strong. It was clear. It was a mission statement. Yes, he's a heel, but now you know this is a fired-up monster who has cleared everything out of his path. And the downside to this is we are 100% going to wind up getting an Adam Cole promo next week, and we're going to lose all this momentum. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, just him in that vacuum of him being able to deliver the way he wanted to and with that kind of passion, and you could tell that there was legitimacy to what he was saying because, like, you know, he himself has gone through that roller coaster of stopped and, you know, being pushed, pulled, all that stuff. And to, for him to kind of have that platform to say, say that, speak his mind in a heel fashion, it was very uh, reminiscent of like a, a Dave Batista, like I felt like I could definitely see some similarities in that. And, uh, Batista's has always been a natural on camera, and I think this was a clear indication uh, that y'all, you don't think so. <laughs> I love, I love Dave. I think yeah. Dave is is a massive talent. I have, I have worked with Dave. I have done promos with Dave. Um, he has his moments. You need to keep it in in the fairway with him in his wheelhouse. Wardlow has some of those Batista tendencies to him. He looks like a more jacked up Tim Tebow, which I find <laughs> very compelling as a Gator fan. Um, it's a guy I want to see them get behind. And mm-hmm. I hope that this is the get behind because you only get so many starts and stops. And if I'm being totally honest, I kind of hope when his contract is up, we see him on the other side of the fence. You know, me too, because it just seems like they would know how to handle him in the best way. And this was a great way to handle him tonight or last night. But to your point is what's going to happen next week here. Is this going to be consistency moving forward? We're actually going to touch about that a little bit later here on the program. Uh, But Robert, I want to get your thoughts on the rest of uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, What really stood out to you? What was some uh, big highlights or what was some lowlights for you that took note? You took note of So we, we talked about the FTR Blackpool combat club story yesterday. And Mm -hmm. I said, it's illogical. It's weird it made no sense that you suddenly just turn Moxley heel, uh, that you turn the Blackpool Combat Club heel. The match was off the charts. That You started with the best part of the show. You started with that match. Guys, it ended in a time limit draw for a reason. If you're angry about that, you're upset about that, welcome to, welcome to episodic storytelling. you got to build to a pay-per-view. I would have preferred that this was not the situation from a very personal vendetta last week because Moxley not releasing the hold after the match turned this into, I want to kick your ass. You want to kick my ass. This is not sportsmanship anymore. The finish of that match felt a little bit like sportsmanship. The bell rings 20 minutes. We're staring at each other. You wait. Then they start brawling with each other. A a time limit draw in a competitive tag match leading to these guys wanting to just keep going is all the, all the ammunition you needed to get there. They, they went a weird step. Um, and it was, it was odd, but it was a hell of a fun match up until that point. I'm excited to see FTR against Moxley and Claudio at the pay-per-view. I want to see this match with a definitive finish and uh shout out here to Matt Buswell, Robert, stop trying to make sense of Tony Khan's booking. 
it's it's a it's a bad habit of mine. I can't help it. If I'm going to watch a national television show with all of this amazing talent, all the toys that I wish I had in my toy box to be able to go out and do TV, I'm going to try to figure out what the hell TK was thinking. Uh, there was there was a bunch of other stuff on this on this show, Dom. There was a uh, there was a main event, mm-hmm. six man tag main event with your co-host, yeah, Mr. Rob Van Dam. And I will say, of all the Robs you host a podcast with. I wasn't going to get choked out by Samoa Joe. I was very surprised that they put Rob in that position to get choked out. I, it makes sense to the aspect that, yeah, Samoa Joe's your world champ and you need somebody, but and you're wanting to kind of protect both Hangman and Hook, but it's still RVD, and I was a little shocked that it happened. It, I thought um, the match itself was pretty fun. Um, you know, a lot of different elements going into play when it comes to it, and uh chaos outside the ring a little bit and then uh you know people run it trios a bit your understandable trios it's match trios match yes yes that you'll get for it. so i think i think it was a, a fun main event um the reaction rob got was awesome uh and then but it seemed like the crowd was very much into everybody for the most part in that match and uh you know this crowd was happy to be like out yeah i don't know what it was maybe they're not used to a building with indoor plumbing or or electricity whatever it was these people were there to have a good time and that's what makes a show fun i'm not at all surprised rob is the guy who who took the loss mm-hmm. you needed to set up we we kind of said it yesterday rob was going to be the mascot in this match and he absolutely was he's the guy who needed to lose so that when hangman gets mad at him and attacks rob we're angry. We're we're fired up. We're we're like we want to see Hangman's head on a on a spike, but his head is not the part of his body that seems to be causing the most drama right now. <laughs> no, it's not. This is not a blue chew ad. This <laughs> is not the blue chew plug. I do, what, slightly are, lower. Are we segueing into something else that we're going in? I'm lost, Robert. What we're is it? We're segueing to the fact that there's these reports that Hangman Adam Page supposedly hurt his ankle. That's uh, correct. My goodness. And I wrote this down and I'm staring directly thing. at it. I wrote the directions. Directly like print out an old map quest. And did not pick it up. <laughs> yes. Hangman was reportedly injured, quote unquote. But uh, according to Fightful, and it looked that way. It looked that way. He was brushing the cameraman off. He was saying, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. And I was like, wow, he might be hurt. But sure enough, we have a report from Fightful Select that says, we're told that this could be worked into the show now. But upon returning to the backstage area, Paige was completely fine. One talent used the phrase that has often been used in situations like this. Yeah, he's okay. He's just good at his job. Robert, do you like that kind of thing? Do you like that added element? It just seems kind of what you were saying, unnecessary, hat on a hat almost. Here's the thing that's the strangest about this. You've got Fightful and Sean Ross Sapp who's saying this is a storyline. Meltzer and Alvarez were saying that they heard that, you know, he's, this could be a broken ankle and he could be hurt. Is Meltzer being worked again? Is he trying to help muddy the water and, and you know, Tony's in cahoots? It's such a weird thing within the world of dirt sheet writing journalism because every it's everyone uses the word journalism. At the end of the day... It's the the sources who want to tell people whatever they want to tell them, whether it's true or not. We, yeah. we saw this happen, unfortunately, with friend of the show, Justin Barrasso, when he reported something coming out for, for Mania with a potential card shift. And the person that said it to him, an inside WWE person, uh, was not forthright in what they were talking about. I, I saw it happen back in my day that there were potentially, hypothetically, theoretically, maybe rumor and innuendo 
uh, some folks that I work with who would try to plant stories sometimes for fun, sometimes to further their own personal agenda. But Dave got the mania story wrong about 11 times. Uh, Dave also at one point reported there were 8,000 tickets sold for Elimination Chamber. And then this is showing that divide. If Hangman is really hurt, the main event is still going to be okay because you can still do Joe, uh, Joe versus Strickland. If this is them trying to tell an insidery story to get people like well, whispering and, and tune in to see what happens next week, why do you need it? You have all the momentum in Hangman who told his team, who told Hook and Rob Van Dam, go out there and injure Shane Strickland. That's your one mission. That's your goal. It's not to win. It's to maim this guy. You're already telling a great story with that. I've, I've complimented it over and over again, the build of this double turn. I don't need a fake injury angle. If it's a fake injury angle and if it's a real injury, I, I hope they're okay. Uh, I hope that you know it's not as bad as something being broken. Uh, but if, if they need to pivot, hopefully Tony is going to start listening to some uh, some new voices, Dom. Yes, yes. Robert, there is a new voice uh, that's there. And it, her name is Jennifer Pepperman. And she happened to just leave WWE not even a week ago. Well, a week ago now today. But when it was announced that she signed on with AEW, it was six days ago that she made her exit from uh, from WWE. And now uh, I have the quote here from Tony Khan. Adding Jennifer Pepperman's brilliant mind to the AEW team opened up the door for exciting new ideas and will help us build upon the incredible stories currently developing on the road to AEW Revolution across our three weekly shows on TBS and TNT. And the effects of Jennifer's arrival in AEW will be felt for many years in the future. We're thrilled to welcome her today, and I look forward to her creativity and collaboration with our team across the board in what will be AEW's biggest year yet and beyond. So, Robert... Was he uh, falling down a cavern at the end of that quote? <laughs> I was trying to do uh, Buzz Lightyear plus kind of Don't get us sued by Disney. Okay. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> well, what do you think of this creative addition? It's the first actual, I believe, creative hire AEW has made since its inception. I have been waiting for this moment since the moment AEW started. Uh, Tony has been so hesitant, reticent, opposed to hiring writers because he does not understand what a writer, what a creative uh, team member actually does. It is someone who is going to help lay out your, your storylines, someone who's going to take a holistic look at the product overall. They're going to look at the weekly shows, the segment-by-segment segment breakdown, how each talent is being utilized, and make sure that everything makes sense. It's why I'm constantly trying to uh, make sense of what Tony Khan is doing because you just can't help it. it if, if you trained in that world, you want to see what's going to happen. I'm thrilled. I'm elated. I'm ecstatic that Tony has brought somebody in from WWE who had a uh, previous background in, in soap operas, mm -hmm. uh, in being able to tell episodic storytelling. She is not going to come in there and try to write word for word what everybody's promo is. It is... Tell me the story you're trying to tell, Tony. Let's see if we can lay out the beats. Make the the the, the chart, because that's how you, you, you book using a grid. You book uh, weeks out, months out to your pay-per-view, laying out your shows. I don't know what Tony's format situation looks like. I don't know that Tony has people that he can truly confide in, because you have a lot of different voices. There's There was the, the, the Jericho camp 
There was the Young Bucks camp. There was the Cody camp for a while. There's Kenny's view of how he thinks wrestling should be. You need someone who you can bounce these ideas off, be your Pat Patterson, and help lay out the show. And I'm really hoping that that's what he found here. And he warms to the idea of bringing in other writers. Yeah, I think that's very well said. You know, you funnel all those uh, minds, those creative people that are backstage and have their different philosophies on wrestling, how it's executed, all that stuff. You uh, Hopefully, Jennifer is used as almost this filter where it's like, okay, well, I'm understanding what you're saying. Here's how I'm going to convey it. And here's how we can structure this out on a week to week show to show basis that somebody that has experience in soap operas, a daily episodic television show. That's an hour long, typically sometimes 30 minutes, but you have that, you have her with that kind of experience and you got three programs of AEW. So I think it's a good move. Hopefully it's uh, there's some uh, harmony that goes along with that. And we see that going forward to what you were saying there, Robert. So um, she also mentioned it happens to be, no, uh, Meltzer mentioned this, that uh, Peppermint is known to be close with uh, Mercedes Monet, who is expected to join AEW at the upcoming big business. Uh, so there's that added element too. So um, hopefully this is a new kind of era, so to speak for AEW moving forward. See. it's it's a new era it's great for fans uh it's great for the audience so it's it's not great only for fans not only for fans but only fans hey. great for them something he's great getting better at this guys we're we're mm -hmm. we're we're putting the breadcrumbs down and he's he's finding them i don't even know what the story is by the way this was on the run sheet it was about john cena and only fans that's right you let's, let's keep this let's keep this family friendly man on a blue chew sponsor should this have been a sponsored segment by blue that chew? maybe should have been it you know if we thought about it if i had the wherewithal to put that ahead of this on that segment but uh, you with wherewithal pulling out the big words <laughs> yes i am a dirt sheet writer but you can you can see john cena on OnlyFans, but not actually John Cena. It is uh, his character, Robert Stanicki, I believe his name is. Ricky, isn't it? Ricky Stanicki. Ricky Stanicki. Thank you very much. Ricky Stanicki, you can see on OnlyFans. There uh, is a link that you can go to a free subscription. It is free and check out uh, John Cena's OnlyFans account. Uh, he posted it on his social media. Uh, first WWE uh, world champion to do this, Robert? <laughs> uh yeah i don't I, I don't think mandy rose was a former world champion um no. but it's uh it's creative marketing i'll give them that we've seen movies over the years try to find unique ways to get to their audiences i've seen the trailer for this movie it looks funny i know there was a a screening in miami last night of the film john was there uh as part of it i i, I was invited unfortunately i had plans or else i would have gone uh, to see it, I don't like having to leave my house, Tom. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a homebody person. I got a lot of wrestling to watch. Yes, let's, let's be, let's be totally honest. As my, in case you hear my poor dog barking in the background here, he's really excited about everything coming <laughs> up here with, uh, with, with John Cena. Um, Cena, this is. Uh, there's another John Cena story, but we're going to we're going to save that for tomorrow. I want to talk yeah. about the comments that Cena and Orton made about Vince McMahon, but it's very hard to go from John Cena's only fans to let's have a serious conversation about how the how the superstars are handling the uh, the, the the Vince McMahon situation. So we're going to have to put a, a, a pin on that here because to be perfectly honest, Tom, we're we're running out of time, man. Time is a valuable commodity uh which 
unfortunately means uh, the Billy and the CW story. We're going to have to push that to uh, to tomorrow as well. I was all fired up. I read the press release. I had notes. I had notes, Dom, to talk about uh, Billy and the CW. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to save it for for another day. All apologies to Billy and the CW. But Dom, where else can the fine folks find you? Yes, I felt like a rat in a cage. I thought we were going to get it, but not this time around. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can also check out One of a Kind with RVD uh, every Monday at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Standard. I wouldn't. That guy's a loser. He <laughs> lost. Um, How dare you, Robert? How dare you? We're going to have a clash of Roberts here, I think, coming up on, on Rumor and Innuendo. But you can check him out on every Monday at 4.20 p.m. at rvdtv.com or wherever you get your damn podcasts. And you can check out my other podcast, Straight Talk with the Boss, Magnum TA and Greg Gagne, who Greg Gagne, just congratulations to him, just got inducted into the George Trejo's Luthez, or uh, I think it's called Luthez Hall of Fame. Luthez, yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, in Waterloo, Iowa. So he, he will be uh, inducted this summer along with Arn Anderson and some others too. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, Dr. Tom Pritchard's going to be uh, honored yeah. there as well. Love Dr. Tom. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I, I am going to try to make that trip there, Robert. So, uh, But check out that podcast. Uh, go to GagneAndMagnum.com or check it out wherever you get your podcast there, too. Robert, what do you got cooking? You just recorded something, didn't you? Uh, I did. Right before we came on the air, I recorded this week's episode of Wrestle Roast, which will be up uh, by tomorrow morning at the very latest, depending on our, our erstwhile producer, Zach, gets that uh, posted up there. You can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH, which is also where you can catch the live video streaming of this show. We're streaming on there. We're streaming on SC Scoops. We are on at Dominic D'Angelo's X account, as well as our friends at Podcast Heat. Podcast Heat is who makes this show possible. Thank you to that. You can also check out our YouTube channel or the ad-free shows YouTube channel. We are everywhere, man. We are we are spread as thin as Tony Khan trying to write three television shows a week uh do me a favor do dom a favor do all of us a favor go rate review subscribe love to see a five-star review let's pretend we're in the tokyo dome give it seven stars figure out a way to break the algorithm start throwing seven stars on there uh so on behalf of the well-caffeinated dominic d'angelo i'm robert carpolis best of luck in your future endeavors i'm zooming baby Woo.